another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Jonathan Louis is a technology entrepreneur, probably best known for being the co-founder of Airtasker. Jonathan is at the helm of a new business. It's in the property sector, and it's called Soho. Jonathan Louis, welcome to the Unicorns. Thanks for having me, Justin. So tell me, Jono, where did this entrepreneurial spirit come from? Um, I actually, for me, it was quite a pivotal moment. I uh, was actually back in university. So I wasn't a college dropout, but I, you know, I stuck yeah. it through. I went all the way through uni. But uh, one of the courses that I was learning uh, was around um, setting up a business plan you know, within a project management uh, kind of uh, the, the course and and the yeah. lecturer gave a uh, I guess presentation around how he was part of a business back in the dot com boom uh, and how that business was involved with let's say optic fibers rolling that out across uh, the world which we know as broadband today yeah. but in, in the early uh, in the late nineties uh, early two thousands um, I guess it was a lot of investment yet there there weren't those super apps yet like YouTube so it all kind of came crashing down after they had rolled out <laughs> it did come crashing, crashing down world. yeah 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 so and but he went through that roller coaster you know they had offices in you know tens of countries that had hundreds of employees and then kind of all went to zilch at the end of the day but I guess that story excited me uh, and uh, stuck with me throughout the years. I mean, I didn't venture straight away into entrepreneurship. I ended up having a relatively, um, you know, straightforward career path. I, I joined a corporate. I joined IBM for about four years. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, got me thinking about business as a career, which is never really taught to us. Or you know, you don't really learn about that when you go through the education system. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's like okay, you'll get a job somewhere working presumably for someone doing something, not creating your own thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we learn fundamental things like English, maths, science, and there's nothing wrong with learning those, I think. But, you know, sometimes there is a bit of a let's say, disconnect between high school and university where, you know, it, it's less, per se, around rote learning and, and, and um, you know, being able to, read a book and memorize what's in a book, but then applying much more thought and uh, I guess a grasp of the, you know, whatever the subject is in university. Mm. And, and same thing with business, you know, there's a lot of application of your own thought and, and intelligence to, to a problem uh, that's, you need to build those skills, uh, you know, and the sooner the better you can, um, that will help you uh, if you do embark on that journey. Well, let's, let's give a shout out to, to your, old university and the course you were studying absolutely i mean that was i was at unsw uh was doing uh, telecommunications engineering and uh yeah it was great i think it's a very well-rounded course actually the first two years weren't that great i was doing electrical um yeah. i yeah. guess i didn't know that was part of it uh, electrical engineering but then very quickly it moved into uh things like data networking for example which i really loved that that was around learning around the structure of the internet and, and the protocols of uh how we do things today, such as being on this call. And so your journey then uh, through business development and entrepreneurship obviously started in earnest um, with Airtasker, was it not? Yeah, I think, um, I guess the, 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 the first step before that was I joined a startup um, called Amazim, 
at the time and that was of in course. 2010 and yeah and that was uh, i guess a great learning experience and a fantastic stepping stone or stepping stones or stepping staircase because we learned lots and i say we because me and my mate tim uh who you know we we knew each other from university we were the first employees of that company and uh, you're working directly with the founders and was successfully able to build that uh you know a, a telco company which i guess was the first online only sim operator sim card operator at the time um yes and we're working with optus but we were able to, you know, build that business and, and subsequently float it on the ASX. Um, so it's where we learned a lot of our initial entrepreneurship skills, but then moved into Airtasker, uh, I guess, when we quit our jobs to, to try and do it uh, ourselves as well. And was that a big uh, decision for you, a big leap of faith to, to move from what was a very secure job, uh, albeit a startup business, uh, into creating something of your own? Um, I think it, it definitely was a big, you know, a big decision. Um, you know, the, the guys were great as well. Like the, the, the founders of Amazium, they were very supportive. Um, and you know, uh, as much as they hated seeing us go, I guess, you know, because we had become quite pivotal in, in helping them grow their business as well. And, and there was a lot more for us to learn as well that, that we recognized there was still a lot more to learn, I guess. Yeah. We felt that it was time was right to give it a go ourselves and we'll learn all the same things we must may learn the hard way um rather than uh i guess working with the amazing founders uh but yeah i think it was a good time for us to try and and, and replicate a lot of the skills that we had learned um into our own opportunity well good to soho in a minute your uh, the business you're you're running now but it must have given you um, a lot of satisfaction when you finally saw Airtasker go public uh, on the ASX. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Airtasker has been a journey right from the start, right to the ASX, and for the next, you know, 10, 20 years that it's going to continue growing as well. You know, the scope of what Airtasker can be used for and what it can do and, and who can use it is, is quite unlimited. You know, it's it's very much a a platform for any type of service, and I I think um, you know being able to see that grow to a point where it can be listed on the ASX is is a huge achievement for not only us as entrepreneurs but for everyone who's been along the journey, all our investors, our our, our team, uh, you know, our our supporters, our users. Uh, our families, I think it's just been a, a great milestone to, to achieve and, and, and many more still to come. You mentioned your family. I bet your mum and dad were very proud when that happened. Yeah, I think they, you know, um, I, you know, had a few other ventures during university and, you know, outside of university. And I think they kind of knew that I was, I liked to create things. And yeah. it's probably one of the reasons why I liked, I wanted to do engineering in the first place. It's very much around problem solving and, and creating technology solutions. And so I think it was a natural outcome that I was going to, I guess, arrive in this space in some way, shape or form. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're very happy with, uh, I guess, the, the path that I've taken um, and not a traditional path to, <laughs> to entrepreneurship. So, so let's talk about uh, Soho. Uh, and what it means. Where did the, Jono, where did the idea for Soho first come from? Yeah, I guess I started first thinking about real estate 
when uh, I uh, stepped out of my day-to-day role with Airtasker in the end of 2016 and actually moved up to Singapore with my wife. And uh, as part of that, we we sold our home in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 2016 was actually a great time to sell. And But I started thinking about the process and the fees and the costs it, it, uh, it took to, to do that. You know, and to put in perspective, I paid about, I think it was around three and a half thousand dollars just to put my property up for sale. And this is before anyone even walked through the door. And I guess, you know, my background coming from Airtasker, where it's free to put up your job. And if we had charged anyone to put their job on Airtasker, I mean, you wouldn't hear about Airtasker today. We wouldn't That's be right. having you, you would have killed it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I when I thought about that, I was like, wow, it's um, why is it so expensive? And how come this hasn't changed, you know, from the days of paying to put property into the newspaper and, and i guess upon you know review and analysis of, of the market really it just came down to the the, the newspaper classified business model mm-hmm. has just been transplanted online you know i think yeah. our, you know let's say the reas and domains of the world have done a very good job at disrupting the prints classifieds but essentially i felt that they've just become digital classifieds now and, and those those costs kept going up and I just thought that, you know, that's an opportunity uh, to, to look at doing something in a different way. And so how did it develop from, from idea stage? You're selling your home to you're moving internationally to actually there's a business idea in this. I think we, you know, we kind of looked at the opportunity. Um, first and foremost, I think that in today's day and age, paying to put your own content on someone else's platform, I, I think probably goes against the grain you know, in, in a lot of these examples. And, and I looked at things like Airbnb, Airtasker, you know, eBay, all these platforms, you know, um, if anything, they want your content. And so I mm-hmm. kind of felt like that could, is an immediate opportunity to just change the way that paradigm uh, operates and then exploring, okay, what else could we do? What, what could make things better um, if you didn't have this barrier to entry, which was a fee that goes up every single year um, you know, what if you could eliminate that entirely? And I think, you know, after building this platform over a couple of years and, and building the team behind it and also a marketplace, which has a lot of listings, you know, we've, we've come over 200,000 listings now on the platform. You know, we've been able to really understand what the opportunity is and, and how we want to do it. And effectively where we are is, you know, we're, we're absolutely a free list platform. So we don't want any barriers between, let's say, the sellers and the buyers. We want to facilitate that. Okay. Um, and, and, and the renters as well. But what we are looking at is, I guess for us, is around completely personalizing and, and tailoring that experience to you as, as a property seeker, whether you're buying or renting. Your experience in terms of, let's say, your search results um, should not be affected by how much someone is paying to appear in your search results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yep. and essentially, that is the paradigm that exists with the current incumbents, where the more you pay, the higher up you appear in search results for a certain suburb. And I fundamentally don't agree with that. And a good analogy is, for example, if you went to Google today and there were no search results and only sponsored ads where you would appear higher up the more you paid, do you think that would be a good experience for a consumer who's going to Google? I I think we can all agree that would be a terrible experience. (laughs) We'd play terrible, mate. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I think that's the opportunity we're looking at with Soho. What we do is quite unique is not only are we trying to evolve the search experience with Actually, every experience, every search result is tailored to you. 
So we look at things like, obviously, what are you looking for? What search, uh, what property is in what areas you search, but which properties do you interactive, uh, interact with, you know, which ones do you like and which ones you don't like? And that builds into our algorithm so we can keep adjusting the search results. But also another unique thing we do is we have a, a Tinder-like swiping feature. So you can actually um, go to the app and then we will present suggestions to you based on your preferences, which you can easily swipe right or swipe left on and really go through and, and shortlist these properties very quickly. Um, and at fall the same in love time. with properties at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's a, a different way of discovering. You know, there's search, which is great. But for example, you may search an area like, let's say, Surrey Hills. Mm -hmm. And your actual dream property may be in the next suburb. You know, it may be in Annandale. Yeah. But because you weren't searching there, you never would have seen it. And I think that's where there are other ways to discover opportunities. Uh, and that's where Match kind of fills a bit of that gap where if we know you like a property and it's in Surrey Hills, and we know that there are properties in Annandale that actually are very similar and you're probably going to like it, we can suggest it to you. And it's a way of you actually finding your dream home potentially. Uh, so it's a, a, quite a unique proposition and a, a way of understanding more about what you like and bringing that to the table, trying to take a bit of the heavy lifting out of that process. And I think another good platform that's doing that, for example, is Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. Netflix, you go on and you watch shows and the more shows you watch them and the more shows you rate, they understand which, uh, you know, shows you like, or which movies they you make like. Suggestions. They make suggestions. Yes. Correct. So this, this is a, an experience that we are expecting as consumers. And I think that the, let's say the paid classifiers model, you know, paid sponsored ads, I don't think allows you to do that. And, uh, but because we don't have that barrier, that is absolutely the direction that we are pioneering. So, so is this the artificial intelligence backbone of, of Soho, which is delivering this customer experience? Absolutely. So, you know, we're building our own uh, algorithms and, and trying to leverage as much technology out there as possible, including AI to, to have a, an experience that we can scale out to the masses as we keep growing our marketplace. You know, we are obviously still growing our business. We've only been around for a couple of years and some of the larger players have been around for almost three decades. Mm. Uh, but we are, we're growing quite quickly. We're getting a lot of adoption within the industry and we've built a great audience, you know, coming up to around half a million people a month now to our platforms. We've recently acquired a competitor, uh, homesales.com.au, which Yeah, is, so so tell us tell us about that acquisition. Yeah, so so homesales.com.au has been around for just over 10 years. Yeah. You know, they have um, I guess established themselves as a, a portal where you can list uh, properties and um, they're supporting over 5,000 agents uh, across Australia. And uh, I think where they saw value in joining us is that they could really see that we've, we're a bit more, let's say, uh, contextual to the era that we live in today with technology and apps. And we're able to extract a lot of engagement out of people um, and deliver a lot of inquiries and leads to agents and, and their clients um, in more efficient ways than their platform could, I guess. Um, and so I think, you know, if you put it in perspective, they're about 12 year old platform. They started their business in 2009. And uh, 2009 is basically, to put it in perspective, that's iPhone 3, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
maybe not even, maybe iPhone 2 or iPhone 2S, whatever they were calling them back then. So very early still in terms of adoption. Yeah. Um, So, you know, they they were in a different era and I think they saw a lot of value in in joining us um, and I guess joining our era of, uh, I guess, getting a lot more engagement out of users and, and data and uh, scalable technology to, to ultimately produce a better experience for consumers. So how is it, Jono, that you describe what Soho is or does? Ultimately for us, Soho is a personalized real estate and discovery app where we take what you're looking for and ideally help you match your dream home faster, whether it's via our unique uh, Tinder-style matching feature or whether it's a traditional uh, search experience where you can rank every single property and actually have a tailored and customized uh, search experience. So ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. And um, yeah, I think we do that both on, on the on the website as well as the mobile apps, on iOS and Android. Uh, you mentioned it's um, it's free to list. Who does the listing? How do I get my house if I want to sell it onto the Soho platform? So um, that process is relatively stock standard. So traditionally, when you'll sell a, a home or, or, or rent out your or your uh, home, if you're an investor, yes. uh, you'll, you'll work with an agent. Yeah. Who, you know, there are many brands for Australia. And then uh, these agents will take your, your opportunity and list it with platforms like us and with domain and, and real estate. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So effectively, 99% of our content you know, is coming from agents, as, as it is with many other platforms. Um, it's it's very much a, you know a, an agent driven uh, industry. Um, I don't really see that changing, and I think that's probably the way it's going to be uh, you know for for a long time. And very similar to other industries like recruitment, you know that even though we have platforms like LinkedIn, recruitment and recruiters have exploded actually because there's more opportunity given these uh, these digital uh, digital networks. So you're up against some some pretty tough competition that have got a, a big head start and, and arguably much deeper pockets than you. And I'm talking about domain and we've mentioned them, domain and REA. So how have you found um, that competition, like coming up against two absolute goliaths in the market? Yeah, I think the important thing is to understand what your point of differentiation is and, and ideally, you know, really focusing on your strengths, but potentially yeah. also exploring their weaknesses, you know, yeah. um, whether those are considered weaknesses today or short, mid or long term. And uh, I think, you know, it's very similar to actually what we did with Airtasker. When we started Airtasker, we were still going up against things like Gumtree, you know, classified. The trading services. post. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they've been around, they're bigger, they had millions of people already to their platform. And, you know, I think for us, it was more around, you know, we're obviously starting from zero. You have to start from zero. Yeah. Like you can get to one and then you get 10 and get to 100 jobs. And uh, I think, you know, you so long as you're on the right path in terms of the, you know, what do you think the future is going to be in this industry? Where do you think it's going to go? I think then ideally, you know, uh, it aligns into terms of opportunity and your business. And that will help you not only create a great business, potentially disrupt larger players as well. You know, and I think that is what demonstrated with Airtasker, and I think we can demonstrate something very similar with Soho. Let's talk about the um, the scale of the operation. Obviously, starting you know from from one one person. Um, give us paint us a picture on the on the size and scale, Jono, of what you've built thus far. 
Yeah, so Soho, we don't have a big team. You know, we are quite a distributed team. We're across four countries. Yeah. Um, uh, but we are focused on Australia. Australia's great markets. Um, yeah, we have just about coming up on about 14 people in the business now uh, with, I would say, probably about 80 to 85% of us are tech-based uh, tech roles, mm-hmm. uh, tech, tech experience in, in, in our, I guess, our, our, our careers and that we bring to the table. Um, in the early days, you know, to get listings onto the platform, you know, uh, as you can imagine, it was very much walking into real estate agents' offices and asking them, would they like to list on the platform? You know, I think you, you have to do the hard yards you know, yes. in the same way with Airtasker. The first jobs that went on the platform, we were doing them. You know, we were cleaning mm. people's garages, <laughs> picking up food for them, That's dropping right. it on. Macca's runs. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You know, getting paid twelve dollars, you know, to deliver KFC at two AM. Um, so yeah, very similar to Soho. It's the same. You know, we door knocking, speaking to agents, trying to tell them what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, because it, it generally starts with what we call supply, right? The supply yes, one yeah. side of the marketplace. Where's the stock? Um, yeah. And I think you know we've been we've been I guess growing our business and growing our brand and our our our, our communications out to the market. Such that now, yeah, we've been able to build up quite uh, a, a large amount of profits on the platform, uh, especially with the acquisition of home sales as well. That just gives us a, a broader, uh, more range in terms of number of properties, number of areas we cover, uh, number of agents we support, number of consumers that are using our platforms to find properties. So, what is it? It's like half a million unique property seekers a month. Yeah, coming up with about half a million now, uh, which is, you know, That's when good. I think about. Yeah. How, how quickly I grew Airtasker, how quickly we grew Soho, you know, it, it took us much longer to get half a million people a month on, on Airtasker. Uh, no, they are slightly different models, obviously, in different yeah, industries. Yeah, of course. But, you know, um, you know, we're very proud to have got to this stage. We will still want to grow this 10 times, you know. We, mm. we think it's huge ambition and huge opportunity. And we want to go outside of Australia as well. But, you know, Australia is incredibly... Um, you know, a uh, good market, I think, for us to... to it, always, it always seems the market in Australia is pretty hot. And even when it's not, it's, um, it's it's active. Absolutely. I mean, it's a very mature market, actually, as well, digitally. Uh, when you mm. look at in comparison to other countries, uh, you know, let's say Singapore, but even the US, you know, uh, US, um, there, are, there are large real estate platforms. But in a way of saying they're not as dominant, let's say, as... Uh, you know, some of the, the brands in Australia are, uh, you know, it is a larger population, but, you know, I think um, if you are building a, a good platform, as we've seen with many other brands like Airbnb and Uber, you can easily scale and, and be, you know, adopted very quickly and not, not only just across America, but globally as well. What do the agents think of Soho, the real estate agents that you're dealing with? Yeah, the good thing is um, we haven't really had any resistance with agents at all, actually. And, and and that's actually, I guess, been a bit of a surprise to us. We thought that, you know, would, would they understand what we're doing or or why we're doing it? I think the good thing about the agents is they they understand, um, they, they feel the pain as well because these fees, they effectively have to sell these these packages to their clients and, and it, make, it makes their job hard as well, you know, especially when these fees keep going up every single year. Um, you know, and, and some of these agents, they absorb these fees. They have to pay for it out of their own pocket as well to, to win clients and to win opportunities. So 
uh, there is there there's a bit of pain out there already mm. between the, uh, and friction between the industry and the large incumbents because that business model per se is only going in one direction it's only getting more expensive <laughs> you know which i think fundamentally is flawed because technology is meant to make things cheaper yet in online real estate the exact opposite is happening and i i don't agree with that you know uh, for example in the year 2030 in 10 years time how much would I expect to pay to list my property online? You know, I don't think I'd pay anything in 2030, but mm. with the current paradigm, that's suggesting maybe I'll be paying $20,000 to put my property online. And I just, I don't think that's the future we're going to. Mm. Uh, so yeah, agents have actually been, uh, you know, really quickly adopting us. We've had great pioneers like John McGrath jump on very early with us. You know, he was the first investor into realestate.com.au, so really understands disruption and technology. And we've had some great brands join us along the way as like PRD, uh, the agency as well. So, yeah, it's been quite uh, quite surprising to see that adoption, actually. I was going to ask that. So how um, how has this enterprise been, been funded uh, to date? Have you had to go to the market to raise capital? Yeah, uh, you know, this is a, a venture opportunity. I guess that is the the, the name of the game in, in the tech startup world. Yes. Uh, so we, you know, we raise uh, capital from investors and, uh, you know, we've raised close to about $5 million to date. And uh, we're, you know, we're actually conducting uh, another capital raise right now on the back of the acquisition that we've completed mm-hmm. to continue growing the business and uh, scaling it into the future. And so on those on those plans, and we, we won't hold you to this. But what's um, what's ahead for for Soho? Can you can you see down the track one day another potential listing? Absolutely, I think you know in this space, real estate space, uh, you know it's a it's a tens of billion dollar industry, and that's just today. That's based on mm. models that. You know, without sound, sounding too biased, you know, but very one-dimensional models, uh, I think, have created a tens of billion dollar opportunity. Uh, collectively, let's say, domain REA, twenty, you know, probably twenty-three, twenty-four billion dollars uh, market cap, and that's just those two. Uh, you know, there are still many other real estate players. So I think, in terms of the scope of what we're doing, going much further than just the act of listing. Um, and, uh, you know, we are going to be rolling out products that go end to end, such as online rental applications, online rental payments, uh, reviews on the platform. There's a lot of scope, I think, to what we're doing, um, that I think makes mm. this a much, much bigger industry amazing. than what it is today. I mean, you think, I think back, say, 20 years ago, when you were trying to buy a home, you had to wait for the classifieds. You already mentioned this, the classifieds to come out on a Saturday and then, there's no picture. You just have to turn up and hope, <laughs> based on the small little description, that the you know the home was not next to power lines or the you know the local tip or something. And now you can just do it on your phone and quickly, you know, like it, dislike it, move on. It, it's changed so much. Absolutely. You know, there is. Uh, it, it's it's going to happen faster than I think people think. Real estate actually. Has been very slow to react to technology. We, you know, we all know of the story of of other sectors trans- transforming very quickly, like Uber, right? Transport. You know, first it was Uber for taxis, but you know now it's Uber pools, Uber eats. It, it's everywhere. Mm. Right? It's really 
pervaded into all aspects of our life in a good way. And they've created more opportunities on the back of that, you know, driverless cars, you know, they're, they're prototyping that. So um, I, I think that's all been done in probably the space of a decade or less. So um, I think technology being much more immersive than, than what it was 10, 20 years ago, things change quicker than we expect. I want to finish, Jaya, with some advice from you, if I may. You've now been at the helm of um, a number of very successful um, startup businesses. So for those uh, budding entrepreneurs, those that are at university thinking about their careers, what advice can you give them if, if they've got an idea or how to develop their idea um, about maybe starting up their own business? What are the things they need to be thinking about? I think the important thing is, for example, if I had started even Airtasker in university, I would have failed. I, I'd be very comfortable saying I would have failed. And, you know, the, the classic university dropout scenario, like your Mark Zuckerbergs and, and your, um, you know, your Steve Jobs, I, they're very celebrated, but I, I think they're very unique, right? They're clearly very, very unique and very yeah. intelligent individuals. Yeah, you know, I think I would recommend that if you if you are that early in the stage where you're in university and you've got an idea, you know, sure, I think experiment and try things out. Um, but I do think there is merit in getting a job as well. Like, let's say it doesn't have to be that traditional. Maybe you go work in a startup. But in a way of saying, you don't know what you don't know. And, and the more that you can learn before you embark on your journey um even just knowing how startups run by joining one um then i think it's going to really help let's say reduce the risk of your startup failing it could be the best idea but you'll fail maybe because you don't know even how to hire people or manage people it's got nothing to do with the idea itself it's just you weren't a good manager yeah and i think um you know i'd recommend people to yeah you know, try to learn as much as they can, maybe joining a startup or even if it's just joining a normal business, I think those skills are going to help you um, all the time, you know. So, yeah, that's probably what I'd recommend to budding entrepreneurs. Jono, it's great advice. We will follow Soho with much interest over the years ahead and we wish you all the very best. Thanks for joining us on The Unicorns today. Great. Thanks for having me.